born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. There's a lot of things that I wanted to do in my life that I don't think I'm going to live long enough to do them all. There's a lot of places that I wanted to go. I don't think I'm going to live long enough to do all those things anymore. But there's one thing I've always wanted to do. There's one thing I've always wanted to do, and I haven't got to do it yet. I want to see God. Now, I've seen this world, and I believe that God exists because He's given me His world to look at. And I come to the conclusion, I didn't make it, somebody did. It didn't make itself. So yes, I believe that there is a God, and He made a world. But I want to see God, not just His world. And God gave me His Word that tells me all about God. So I have in front of me a Bible that describes what God is like that made the world. But I want to see God. And God won't reveal Himself to you personally. You say, well, why not? There's a reason. God says if anybody saw His face, they'd die. If you saw His face, you would die. Now, I remember me and Betty was riding along one day in the car, and this one girl came up in a sports car. And she looked over at me, and she gave me a great big old smile. I said, Betty, did you see that? I said, she gave me a big smile. Betty said, that's not the first time I saw you. I laughed out loud. But one day we are going to see his face. And you don't know how you're going to react if you ever met him face to face. I'm talking about literally see the face of God. Now, Moses wanted to see God. God had asked Moses to do a big thing. And, and Moses says, how do I know you're God? He says, let me see you. And so I want you to turn there with me very quickly to Exodus 33. And look what it says in verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in thy sight. In other words, you said, You know my name. You know me. You know me. I'm Moses. Well, that's great. You haven't even told me who's going to go with me yet. Down there to tell Pharaoh, Let your people go. He said in verse 30, Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, Show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. How do I know? Prove it to me. Show me. Let me see you, God. Wouldn't you like that? I mean, wouldn't you want to see God? 
That's one of the things that a lot of people say, well, I don't believe in God. Why? Because I ain't seen Him. You see, before you say there is no God, you should know everything there is to know because if there's anything that you do not know, it might be the knowledge of God. True? So before you can say there is no God, you ought to have that ability to prove that there is no God. Well, I don't think you qualify. But what it says... In verse 14, and he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. I, my presence, who's going to go with me? He said, I'm going with you. Let me see you. As you walk through life, you know according to the word that he's promised to lead us, to guide us. He's supposed to indwell us, and uh, he holds me by the hand. He said, let me see you. And I know that we'd love to be able to lay our literal eyes upon him. Because if we could lay our eyes upon him, then we know. It wouldn't require faith, because then it would be fact, and you know. But God has asked us to trust him. He's revealed certain things to us that no man could do. He says, I'll tell you things that are going to happen in advance so that you'll know that I'm God, and there is no other God beside me. He says here in verse 15, And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, Carry us not thence. In other words, if you're not going, I ain't going. He says in verse 16, For therein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight. Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, Show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face. For there shall no man see me and live. That's an awesome statement. And then he says there in verse 21, And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, when my glory passes by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back part, but my face shall not be seen. In other words, you're going to see the remaining part of my glory, but you can't see my full glory. Wouldn't you love to say, man, I wish something like that would happen to me. Well, take your Bible and turn there to the book of John, chapter 1. John, chapter 1. I would like to see the face of God. One day, we will. Here in the book of John, chapter 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Then it tells us that He came into the world, the Word, the Lord came into the world, revealed himself. Look what he says up there in verse 18. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. In other words, God says, you can't behold my face because of the glory of the Lord. There's even the, the ark that was made in which God's presence, the Shekinah glory, rested upon that ark. But if any man so much as touched the ark, the Bible says he would be shot through like with radiation and die instantly. And some people did die because of it. 
God says, you can't even come close to the mount. Tell the people to stay away from the mount. If they touched the mount that he was on, they would literally die, be shot through with whatever force that was on that mountain. You see, God is power. But you and I could not actually come face to face with God, he says, and live in his presence. Must be a powerful God. So God says, I am going to come into the world and reveal myself to you, but I'm going to veil myself. I'm going to tabernacle in a human body, and you'll be able to see God. You'll be able to see him face to face with a human face on him. That was Jesus Christ. You see there in uh, verse 10 of chapter 1, he was in the world, the world was made by him, the world knew him not. Verse 14, and the Word was made flesh, dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He took upon a human form. And God became a man, lived in a human form. So the people, literally people upon the earth could see God. But now because He looked like a man, they didn't believe He was God. Some people are never satisfied, are they? If God came into this room today... And you say, well, how do I know he's God? Have you ever seen God before? Well, no, how, do you, how would you compare? Well, let me see you do some magic tricks for me. What do you want him to do for you? Perform something for you? Little miracles for you? Well, when Christ was here, he did a few little miracles like that. You know, he raised the dead. And they still didn't believe. He walked on water. And they still wouldn't believe. He'd feed 5,000. And they still wouldn't believe. He could read men's thoughts and tell them everything was going to, they was going to say. What was going to, and they still didn't believe him. What miracle do you think he'd have to perform for you? How would God prove to you he's God? And yet how many people say, I don't believe in God. I've never seen God. If you had, you would die. And if he revealed himself, you won't believe it. But the Bible says the day is coming which every man will confess. Every knee will bow. And confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, they will. Take your Bible and look there in John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And notice in verse 52. Then said the Jews unto him, Christ, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my sins, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? Who do you think you are? Who was he? He was God. And the thing is, he was claiming to be God. Because everybody wants to see God. And God came. Well now, wouldn't that convince everybody? No, it didn't. And it wouldn't probably convince you. If Jesus Christ today walked into this room and did the miracles that he did 2,000 years ago, there's still people who still will not believe it. God will not go against your will. He won't make a person believe. I've had people say, well, prove to me there's a God. How, what am I supposed to do? God couldn't even prove to some people that he's the God. What am I supposed to do? Get a hold of God, bring him into the rooms, and thought he is. No. You don't want to believe in God? Don't believe in God. I can't make a person believe in God. If you don't believe in God don't exist, then tell him. Don't tell me. Look in verse 54. 
Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say, He's your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar just like you. But I know him, and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Did they understand what he was saying? Yeah. Jesus said, I saw Abraham. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I said unto you, Before, get this, get what he said, Before Abraham was, I am. I am before Abraham. Do you think they understood what he was claiming to be? That's what made him so mad. Because, you see, if God, God revealed yourself. Oh, he did. He came into the world. Did all these wonderful miracles and so forth. And then they didn't believe him. Boy, if I could just see God. Boy, if I could just see God. Boy, that, then I'd really be convinced. Then, I, then I'd really know. Well, I, I, I don't think you would. And God knows that. We have a, a mind that doesn't perceive things correctly. We don't love like we ought to. We don't live like we ought to. And the thing is, uh, these things that are mentioned here in the Bible are very simple, very clear. The Bible says like the Gospel of John was written so that we might believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Take your Bible and look there in the book of John chapter 14. John chapter 14. I want you to see that this is awesome. When he says there in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Why? I'm God. You believe there's a God? Well, I'm, I'm God. Here I am. I'm, I'm revealed in the flesh. <laughs> and No, you're not. No, you're not. You're a liar. You're full of the devil. You're mad. You're beside yourself. All these are statements that they made about him. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Okay, who's God, and where are you, God, and what are you doing? He said, I'm God, and this is where I'm going. I'm going to a place called heaven, and I'm going to make a mansion for you, and I will receive you unto myself. I will come again. I will take you there. He's going to do that. Who? God. What man can do that? A man can't do that. Man ain't got no power. Jesus Christ was God. Then he says in verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now get verse 7. Verse 7 is awesome. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him. Ye know God. And you've seen him. Look at those last words. And you've seen him. You know God and you've seen him. Oh yeah, well when, when did we see God? In verse 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. It'll suffice us. Still the thing's going on. All the way from Moses wanted to know. And everybody down through time wants to know. And everybody, even in this room, would love to see God. I was told that if you uh, take everything you've got and put it in God's hands, it won't be long before you see God's hand in everything that you got. Depends on how you look. Or can you see with an eye of faith? Because you believe in God and everything that God says, because you know it's real, you can see God working in your life. I have seen God work in my life. I haven't seen God, but I've seen God work. I've seen what God's done for me and what He's done to me. I'm not the same person that I used to be. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, changed my life. My life has been changed. My goals have been changed. My purpose for living was changed. 
The book is real. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. The Lord is more real to me than the clothes that I've got on my back. I don't know if he's real to you. There's just somebody you know about, but he's real to me. In the last part of verse 7, you know him and have seen him. Philip, Lord, show us the Father. It'll suffice us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen who? You've seen the Father. How can you say, show us God? I am God. I'm the Father. I am Him. I and the Father are one. We're one and the same. John chapter 10. Awesome. Look in Revelation 22. Revelation chapter 22. The Bible tells us here, no uncertain terms about heaven, about the holy city, all these wonderful things that are going to be there. When you and I finally leave this world and we get to heaven, he says there in Revelation 22, and he showed me in verse 1, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the tree of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And, you ought to underline verse 4, and they shall, and they shall what? And they shall see his face. See his face, there'll be no more curse, and you'll see God. I'm looking forward to the day when I get a chance to literally lay these eyes upon God Almighty. One of the greatest moments in a person's life. I've read about Christ. And Christ is the revelation, the revealing, the manifestation of God in the flesh. But I didn't see him except through the pages of this book. And the story that it tells about him, I believe it. I believe it wholeheartedly. I believe this book is true, that every word of it is real. And I believe that one day I'm going to see God face to face, eyeball to eyeball. Now, that's going to be a great happy moment. When we get to heaven, and you see, the reason is, God says sin cannot enter into heaven. For a man to leave this world and say, I want to go to heaven, well, heaven is a perfect place. And the Lord is perfect. And you'll have to be perfect in order to go there. But whenever you get to heaven, am I still me or am I made into something else? But when I get to heaven, what's going to happen to my memory? What's going to happen to my mind? Just listen to this. Psalms 34 and verse 16 says, To cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. There's people on the earth because of wickedness and they will not trust Christ as their Savior. God says a time will come when he'll cut off our remembrance of them. We won't remember them anymore. See, unless God worked a miracle upon your memory, heaven won't be heaven for eternity. You have right now a lot of heartache and sorrow. You have a lot of things that you personally have done, sins that you've committed against God. And even though God has forgiven you, you can't forget them. Now, God can forgive and forget, but you can't seem to forget. You can forgive your loved ones because they wronged you, but you can't forget about it. And maybe they don't either and remind you once in a while. You can remember the things that you've done and the sins that you've committed over the years, 
And every once in a while, they can come back like flashbacks and haunt your mind and produce the same horror and the guilt and the feelings of whatever that you experienced 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Wouldn't you like to be cured of that? You stop and think for a moment that a lot of the hurt and the heartache that you've gone through in your life is because of what somebody else also has done to you. People wrong you. People hurt you. People say things about you. People have disappointed you and discouraged you and brought you to despair. And you, because of what people do to you, that's what causes all that hurt and some of that grief and that bitterness and that envy and that jealousy and that revengeful attitude. All those things is what's been eating at you for years. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just forget about all those things that people have ever done to you? And then to think about all the things you've done even to God. Now, a verse I'd like to share with you. Listen to this. This is in Isaiah 26. I love Isaiah 26. There's several verses that it talks about the peace that you and I are supposed to have. The peace that can pass understanding. And the Lord tells us that Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee, because he trusteth in thee. Talking about in Jehovah. But here in verse 14, part B, it makes a statement. And made all their memory to perish. All their memory to perish. Where you can't remember anymore. Another scripture says in Isaiah 65, verse 17, I want you to see this verse. I want you to turn there to this verse. This is an awesome verse. Isaiah chapter 65, and look there in verse 17. Verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor, and you ought to underline these words, come into mine. Have you ever had somebody ask you, do you remember blah, 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 blah? No, I don't remember that at all. Well, let me see if I can refresh your memory. You remember this day, and on this day here, we went here, and we did this, and blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, now I remember. No, you're not going to have anybody be able to help you recall anything because you're not going to be able to remember nor come into mind. Look what he says also there in verse 16. That he who blessed himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth because the former troubles are, you are on the line, former troubles are what? Forgotten. Then he says that there'll be a new heavens and a new earth and the former world will not be remembered. So what it means is, let me give you three little miracles before we close. Three little miracles that I think are awesome. The Lord will erase all memory of our sins from our minds. We won't even know we ever committed them. That's grace. When we get to heaven, there's going to be a period of time And then after the great white throne judgment and the lost are cast into an everlasting fire called Gehenna, the Lord said he'll wipe away all tears from our eyes. Because up to that time, I believe there'll be tears. Because we'll remember. And yes, there'll be pain and grief. But notice, the Lord will erase all memory of our sins from our minds. We won't know we ever committed them. Number two, the Lord will erase from our minds all memory of the sins of others. We won't even know they ever happened. The Lord will erase from our minds the memory of all our relatives and friends who went to hell. We won't even know they ever existed. 
I don't believe you will be in heaven forever in anguish over your loved ones that never trusted the Lord after the great white throne judgment. But at that point, at the great white throne, the Bible says God will have to wipe away all tears from our eyes. Because you'll see that individual and there will be remembrance and the hurt. Those people will not be in heaven forever. But then God is going to do a miracle upon our minds where we'll no longer remember the former things, the former world. And all of your sins that you've committed will be totally erased as though you never did them. You'll never remember them. All the things that people did against you will be completely erased and done away with. And the people that never trusted Christ as their Savior will be as though they never existed. Because, you see, in heaven, it's only those who are born into God's family. First birth don't count, only the second. They were never in the family. In heaven, it'll only be those that knew the Lord. God says, Moses, I know thee. I know your name. But remember, Jesus Christ made the statement in Matthew chapter 7. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, in that day, have we not? And he said, I never knew you. You need to find out. Does God know you? Does God know you? What it means is, do you know him as your Savior? Are you his child? Have you been born into God's family? Look up here. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin upon us. God loves us, hates our sin. For you and I to pay for this sin is eternal separation from the Lord in hell. But God loves us, and he wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God, and none of us are perfect, none of us are righteous. We're all sinners. We cannot save ourselves. That's why we need a Savior. This hand represents Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. He came into this world. He, God, came into this world, took upon flesh. He didn't have any sin, didn't have to die, but he loved us. So he took our sin, paid for them on the cross, came back from the dead, and said if we'll believe he did that for us, that he put this payment that he made to our account, we go to heaven on what he did for us. That's grace. I have eternal life. I trusted Christ as my Savior years ago. God saved me years ago, gave me eternal life years ago, made me his child years ago, and I still am his child. I still have eternal life, and he'll never cast me out and never lose me. I can't go to hell. Impossible for me to go to hell because of what he did for me. He paid for my sins. It's not because I've been good, not because I go to church. It's not because of my good deeds. By grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is the gift of God and not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the greatest thing in all the world. And by the way, one day you will see him face to face. Be patient. Wait. You saw him today. You'd have to be dead to do so. Do you want to see him right now? You think you could wait a little while? Could wait another year, two years, five, ten years? I think you can. Hang in there. Let's pray, shall we? With heads by nice clothes and no one looking around. I, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you, but right where you are. If you have never honestly, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you right now just say something between you and the Lord? Say this, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I believe Christ died and paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust him to take me to heaven whenever I die. And friend, God said that if you trust him, he'd give you eternal life and never cast you out and never lose you. If you haven't done it, do it right now. And if you will, I'd like to have prayer for you. And if you will do that, would you just slip your hand up very quickly? Anyone at all? Say, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior and preach. I'd like you to pray for me. 
inward all before we close. Our Father, we do thank you so much for your blessings to us. I pray, Lord, your blessings upon each person that's here. And Father, I know that the desire of each one of our hearts is we want to see God. And until then, we have your word. And we can see what you're like. We can see what you've done. And we're to believe it. And one day we will see you face to face. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.